Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Yeah, that's next week. Pastor Troy Evans will be here. Really excited about that. We got to speak on a panel together down at Flavor Fest, and his heart was, I mean, felt from before he even said a word. Just the presence he brought, the demeanor, um, the humility. He asked if I wanted to have lunch, bought, bought us lunch. Um, just, just an incredible man from all of our interactions. I'm really excited that uh, City Life is going to get to enjoy um, what God is doing in and through him. Now, this has been a summer of us getting ready, you know, new school, kind of like the calm before the storm. And a good storm, like a love storm, is going to hit the city. Fall's going to hit. We've got kids going to school for some of us. Jobs start to increase a little bit. The holidays get a little frantic. And it seems that the speed um, increases. Uh, sometimes depression increases. You know, the sun, we hibernate. We're like bears. You don't even know that there's people here in winter. And then when the, the summer hits, wow, there's humans. Um, and we grill out, and it's an amazing thing. Um, but we're still kind of confined to our own little spheres and bubbles. Like, we'll, we'll maybe do a little deuces, but we don't really jump over and interacting with people that much. And, and this was a time for us to pause and say, welcome to the new school. We're loving God and loving people is the new new. Like, it's that new new. It's always the new new. And so if you didn't know, new new is like just extra new. God people new. New. It's new for every season, all reasons, God and people. This is really what it's about. So forget the things, forget the stuff, but God is trying to reach us, our hearts. He's trying to connect us to people. And I recognize there's a wall, and there's a barrier because we've been hurt, we've been wronged. It's, it's very challenging to let people in because you, you, a lot of times we play scenarios out in our head. Okay, I know what they're going to say. I always find that fascinating when I meet with people sometimes if it's a point of conflict, whether it's, it could be anything, it's just perceived conflict. Afterwards, oh, I'm just so happy. So great. It's like, what do you think it was going to be like? That's crazy, right? But we do that. I've done the same thing. Oh, I'm just so glad we met. It's because that Satan wants to rob us of healing. He wants to rob us of freedom. He wants to rob us of hope. He's always seeking to devour and destroy us. And so today, it's a safe place um, to just get calm before what God wants to do. And I know that... Some people do the smell test, the sniff test when you're in a gym. That's where you smell your clothes. Does anybody know that? That's a real thing. It's a real thing. I've done it at the, the gym before. And someone's like, oh, the sniff test. I'm like, well, yeah. Like, I don't know. My shorts are only, you know, I don't wash them every week. But I need to know. But I just wanted to know. And, uh, and they were laughing about it. And anyone who played sports, you, you know, when you're with the gym or the locker room, it's, it's just... It's, it's real life in there. It's real life. Everything's happening. I won't even go on. It's real life. But our minds can be like that. Meaning our minds can be really funky. Our thoughts, we can be in a cloud, we can be in a fog, and we can't see clearly, and we feel the stress and the pressures, and then it starts to dictate the way we act. And then we justify our actions. As oftentimes as humans, here's what we do. We make a decision, and then we rationalize and justify why we made it. And so we don't really count the cost on the front end. If we did, we wouldn't always do the same things we do. We're prone to wander. 
This is why people are led to Christ. It's because our wandering and our darkness and our sin and our need to say, I need help. I need... My beloved's in here. This is amazing. 12 years. Yeah, Today. Please. I don't know if Crystal's in here. That's good. I, um, yeah. I did the 2017 thing every husband should do is, you know, write the card online and then it's going viral right now. Um, <laughs> makes me look like a sweet husband, but it's like... Uh, no, Crystal is, my favorite line in what I wrote is like, that Crystal is like, um, she's really the secret sauce to the equation. And every time I probably deserve dog food, she still gives me the finest things. And that's so true. You're the hero to this church. It's real, real life. Before we do anybody, she'd be praying and hanging out with babies and all kinds of stuff. So I got a mic so I can just do that. Thanks for being a part of it. Love you guys. Um, back to my notes. And, uh, as we're in this world, we got the, the, just the, the thoughts, the tensions, the pressure. Um, Jesus wants us to come alive. He wants us to run. He wants us to be engaged. He really does. That you have a spot on the team. He sees you as powerful. He doesn't want you to feel the pressures and the weight. He doesn't want you to feel so overwhelmed that you don't want to move on anymore. I want to turn to Hebrews chapter 12 and... Begin it right at verse 1, right when the chapter kicks off here. And it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. All right, so right now, we got some people here. We got an even greater cloud of witnesses watching us. We got some stands. We got fans. This is going to make sense, I pray. Let us also lay aside every weight in sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, joy set before him, endured the cross. Those seem so contrasting. Joy, cross. For the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated now at the right hand of the throne of God. Now, this uh, passage begins right after the backdrop of Hebrews chapter 11. And Hebrews chapter 11 is a chapter that's known as the Hall of Faith, where you have all these great individuals that did incredible things. You're hearing about God parting the Red Sea and David destroying Goliath. And you're hearing what God did through Abraham and Moses. And you, you, all these things. And you start to get this, wow, I want to be like one of them. Look at what they've done in Christ. And then, but, but it says this right before 12 begins in, in the great cloud of witnesses. Here's what they're saying. And all of these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. That God's great story involved you, involved me. And that everything they did was part of God's great story that one day Jesus would come. And what was Jesus doing? He's going to glorify the Father. And so why is it the joy set before him? He's going to go take on the punishment for sin. He's going to be the substitution that there's no more sacrifices, there's no more pain, there's no more shame because of what he's going to pay, the price that he's going to exchange for our sin when we put in trust in faith. So somebody's here today and they're wondering, what is this Christian thing? It is a simple exchange of you saying, Jesus, take my life. And I want you 
to be my Lord and Savior, period. And they are given new life, just like the verse Rob led during worship. It's this new creation, brand new, just like that, forgiveness, the faith exchange, and then you start to walk out this sanctification journey where God is making you more and more and more like Him. And as you think about it, so as Jesus is, is seeing the cross, fully God, fully man, this is the God-man. Great mystery, amazing. His reward is me and you. His inheritance is you and me. If Jesus was here right now, which he is in the Holy Spirit, but if he's here grabbing the mic, he'd say, are we living like it? Do you know the power you possess? Because even as we read about the great giants of old, they're looking at us saying, you're in it. Run, look, jump, freedom, power, go. So as we think about, I think it's so quick to jump into the, um, let us run with endurance part. Okay, okay, I'm in this Jesus thing. I'm going to run. I want to run. And, and, and we get bogged down, beat down, and we want to give up. And then, well, okay, I'm supposed to look to Jesus, look to Jesus, look to Jesus. I think there's something that we need to lean in a little further. And we can preach on this passage for generations to come. Let me tell you, this is so rich. Infinite amount of sermons of how rich this is that we look to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. But as we kind of rewind, it says, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Now, a little bit of uh, some of the, the context here, too, is written to believers to think through the ramifications of suffering. And we're not just talking about bad job day. We're talking about suffering that costs your life day. Martyrdom stuff. People that are like, okay, you know, you think this Jesus thing, there's only a handful of people that go to China or they go to the Middle East or they're going to go somewhere and they're going to go reach a tribe that's never been reached up in some, uh, you know, uh, jungle or, you know, we got these stories. And, okay, they're the special Christians, but I think the, the crowd that's cheering us on is saying, wait, 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 wait. It's not necessarily the action that makes you super special. It's the position in Christ. And then it's how much you're, you're aware of him using your life all the time. You could be a farmer in the middle of nowhere and then submitting your gift and your life to Jesus Christ. And that's just as radical as someone in a third world country. If that's what God's called you to do. It's just as radical to run that race. But I find this too often is we hit the eject button. And here's what I mean. And, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of this, but as we come into deep, kind of, what does God want from me? What do you want, Jesus? And then I find myself asking people, and I have to ask myself the same question. Have you asked God what he wants of you? Well, yeah, kind of, but uh, I just can't, can't, but, but, this job, I have to go here, this place, this. And we just freak out with this laundry list before we even let God, we're just so lost in this maze, in this chaos. Who's defining us? The things the accolades, or do we come out of this place of victory? And that's why this is so important, is the new school, is loving God and loving people is always new. I need two volunteers. Um, could be anybody. Oh my God, I got a real, got Aaron here. Now who else do I got? What? That's what I'm talking about. Where's that? Gia. All right. Okay. Come on up. Aaron, you're going to get this sit. Right here. Because you're going to chill right here. Yep. Because he, he could hold that water for days, couldn't he? Look at that. Shredded. Um, and you're just going to hold that. Shut down. 
I'm just gonna hold that. It's good. You're just gonna chill. Just enjoy yourself. I know you could, but you're just gonna hang out. Just hang out and enjoy anybody and think around, look around, and then you're just gonna hold that. Maybe the whole service. Think you do it? You're a mom. Moms have supernatural strength. First Peter chapter five, it says, humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God so at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all of your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And as it continues, it also says, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. Now this passage has always stood out to me because it, it grabs my attention instantly as soon as it says, humble yourself. Like humbling is a posture that you do, not what God has to do to you. Because what God does to you, that's called humiliation if he has to humble you. Because he'll get your attention because he loves you that much. It's like the parent that makes, you know, some kid posts uh, some weird thing on Facebook, you know, because uh, they got in trouble or be outside with a sign. They're, they're trying to, it's probably not the best parenting tactic, but they're trying to lead that kid to life because they don't want to see that kid doing okay. It's all good. See how long you got. I got it. You good? For now. I know. Let's see how long you got it. And as we humble ourselves, what we find is, okay, as I'm thinking through, where do I stand in all this? I actually have a lot of anxieties, but I can trust him because he cares for me. And be sober-minded, it's even a military perspective to be watchful, so I'm on alert, like on guard, like this is no joke. This is no joke, this game of life, like on guard, watchful all the time, and, and when I'm beat up, the pressures, they're coming on me. Right, I had someone ask me this week, have you ever experienced like, pressures or anxiety? I laughed so hard. I was like, what are you talking about? Because the bigger the seat, the bigger moments you want, the more anxiety and pressures that are going to come. And in those moments, you're, you're going to do one of two things, right? You're going to really cast it upon the Lord because you believe he cares for you. Or you're going to run and be haunted your whole life. That's why you find people and they're still talking about stories when they're 15, 30. You know, I, if I wish I would have done this, wish I would have done this. You know, if you're here today, there's no coincidence. You, you're going to be uh, haunted in a good way your whole life. So you might as well just give it all up to Christ anyways. Because he loves you that much. He doesn't want you in the muck. He doesn't want you in the funk. He wants you out of it. He wants you free. He doesn't want you carrying the nonsense. And so what happens is we're walking through life and we just got so much of this we're carrying around all the time. And you can say, well, pastor, it's easier said than done. You don't know what happened. You're right. But we have a founder and a perfecter of our faith that kind of showed us the way. And at some point, it's not even the person we're talking to. We've got to stop and say, okay, God, why am I carrying this? Why am I continuing to be frantic and bombarded? And what, What's going on with me on the inside? And the weight and the anxieties and the pressure and the emotions get so strong. And this is what I love about God is that he, he recognized we're going to be here, but it's how we deal with it. I've looked at Christianity sometimes like a sport. I mean, it sounds silly, but um, it's like the only sport that if every day you're not renewing your mind, the, 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 the cause and the effect could be really drastic and damning. I mean, that's not like getting us thinking we have to earn our way in Christ, but the ramifications of not keeping Christ the center of our life you know, he loves us enough 
that, you know, he'll lead us to repentance and there, there's sin that leads to death and we feel that death and that anguish and that pressure. Um, and it's not, it's just because we, we, we're carrying the stuff. We're carrying the stuff. Oh, you did a good job. You can put that. Now, I want to ask you a question though, real quick. What were you thinking about? My hands were sweaty. Oh, hands were sweaty? Anything else? Um, no. Was it getting a little heavy eventually? was. Now, Aaron, what were you thinking about? I wanted to help her. I wanted to help her. That's good. All right, you can both be seated. So here's what I mean. This is a silly illustration to say this. Jesus, he comes, he frees us. I mean, frees us. He takes the water. He puts it on the ground. He takes the weight, the pressures all of the pain that's happened in our life. And he begins to come our counselor, our healer, our father, family leader, shepherd. He is it, guiding us, and, and he wants to be so closely connected. But we revert back so fast, and we pick the things back up that are so heavy, and we justify why. Meaning, okay, God, you freed me, I get it, but... This happened and I want to talk about it for, for years. And there's sometimes where healing takes years. But I think sometimes too, there's people that God has healed and he's set free, but we keep picking up the weight again. Like we keep picking it up. And we know it leads to darkness. We know it leads to death. We just pick it back up, we're holding it, and we're, we're, no one can reach you and it's you against the world. Look, this isn't a Tupac song. It's not you against the world. Like Jesus loves you, let it down. He loves you, let it down. And as we let it down, what we find is this. You know, Philippians chapter 4, it, it starts in verse, um, chapter 4, and it's in verses 4. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Super challenging. Because it seems like a command. Okay, so do not be anxious about anything. Like, how dare you be in Jesus and have some issues? You ever felt like that? Like that this, the position that somebody's leading you? They're like, oh, forget about it. Who cares that you're struggling? Who cares? Wait, I think God cares. Is this how, if we're not, if we have to read it right, because if we don't read it right, we start to think, I can't be anxious about anything. And if I am, I'm not in standing with God. But as it continues, it says this, but in everything, by prayer, a desperate communication, God, I'm utterly dependent upon you in supplication with thanksgiving. How could we be thankful? It's because we remember who Jesus is and what he did. Be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so you see a cause and effect. As we give God our anxiety and our cares and our worries and our pressures, we get understanding and peace that is just beyond our own comprehension. God guards our hearts. He guards our minds. And finally, brothers, and here's where this mind program comes in, this renewal. Brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think upon these things. 
It's as if this, this is the antidote to anxiety. That this is the antidote. Now, there is a time and place for people to go to the doctors, like for real. You know? I, I drink a, a, a calcium, magnesium, uh, all-natural supplement. It's got, it's got, you know, four and a half stars on Amazon review. It's, you know, it seems to be very effective. It's chill mode. It's awesome. And so there's a time and a place to adjust and look at, you know, as medicines continue to develop, they're able to help women after... Uh, the uh, you know, birth of a child and so many different stages that people go through because um, mental issues is, is in, in, in seasons and even long term is a real thing. And so we can't just always disregard something as you just need prayer. Um, but there is a lot though where we're anxious because we're just not allowing God to lead us and we're focused on the wrong thing. The weight is heavy. Uh, my arms hurt, and, did it. and it's amazing that sometimes when I'm feeling so much anxiety, if I just put on a worship song, the way it just all goes away, and the new school just invades my heart. It just invades my heart. I talked to a pastor one time, and he said um, that worship music was like his IV for survival. It kept him alive, and not the, not the song, but the posture to say, Jesus, take it. So maybe you're experiencing some of that, that, that frustration. I think there could be an exchange this morning where you start to think upon what's true, what's honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellence, and you start to focus on anything that's worthy of praise. Now, I'm not a big hunter. Um, well, that's a little bit of an exaggeration. I've never hunted. And, <laughs> but I've heard that when you hunt, you go out, and you get there, you get there early, and you, know, you put you know, stuff on and smell so no, one, no, no animal can get you, uh, know you're coming, and you sneak out with your buddy, and maybe you have, I've, I've seen, I've watched some videos, they have like a can opener, and they'll eat some ravioli, or maybe tuna fish raw, and, and have some you know, man conversations, and hope they see a deer, and, and it's just, you, you do that stuff, and that's awesome. Like all you hunters, that's amazing. So loud and clear, like I admire that. And I don't have to do that. And so it's just fine. Let's just eliminate that conversation. But it's a beautiful thing. You guys go out. But I love how this one comedian said it. If you remove uh, sh the gun and try to shoot a deer, wouldn't it be funny? It's like, hey, guy, do you want to wake up at 5 in the morning, put on some weird suits, and change our smell good, and then go out and hang out in a tree stand, sit right by each other, and have some conversation? It's like, but isn't that what we make fun of women for? Do you guys want to just come together, paint some nails and everything? But it's manly when we got a gun and are going to hunt, right? And, but this, the, 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 they say, though, when you're in the forest and you wait for a while, like you were doing, Aaron, just sitting here, Karen, thinking about things that are different, how can I help? Is that that posture of just being still and rest, that the forest comes alive. You see leaves that you didn't see when you first got there. You start to see insects and different critters and the forest comes alive. It comes alive because you're still enough to hear God. Whisper as you wake up and stop and pause and let him carry it and, and wrestle in prayer and God, why this happen and, and talk about it with people and to really grow. And, and I recognize the older you get, the harder it is. That's why we got a lot of angry, bitter old people. <laughs> Grumpy old men. We do. We got a lot of dumb, naive young people. But we do have some angry, grumpy old people. We do. And we have some, all, all ages, it's all, every person. So everyone's getting this. Myself, we're all getting this. 
because we hold on to things. It's like that hoarder picture when we kicked off the series, we hold on to it. And I'm telling you, our position gets more right and more right and more right. All you gotta do is turn on the news. Are people objective? Are they reasonable? No, the older you get, it's my kingdom, my palace. And those in Christ are remarkably teachable, and that's probably why you're like, hey, because you're the remarkable teach remarkably teachable one. But for the most part, I think we all need some calibration. I really do. Because the society doesn't reflect the love that Christ wants. And here's, I think, here's, I think, the call this morning. It's not them. It's us. Are we thinking upon what's pure, what's noble, what's true, what's commendable, what's worthy of praise? Are we letting Jesus carry our bags? Are we letting him carry the weight? Are we getting rid of the sin that clings so close to us? Are we embracing the cost of what suffering looks like? And are we pushing through when the pressures are real, but crying out and sending out a text to somebody? And I know it's easier said than done, but I'm just telling you this morning, the grace of God is here to say, you're not alone. This is not some Rambo journey. You, God wants you with you and in his community and in his people and that's what the new school is all about it is not false community it's not some false artificial chat line it is a real family that goes through a lot of stuff that is so beautiful and that's why jesus came was to rip down every wall every barrier and everything that would stop a person from knowing the father to knowing the father now you, most people here probably have a michigan license and a Michigan license, you pull it out, and if, and if a cop asks you, hey, let me see the license, and says, what state are you from? And you would, oh, if you know exactly what state you're from, because your license don't change, so you just say, oh, it's a Michigan driver's license. And it, maybe you have a driver's license in another state, you would, you would then present that. But you would never, I mean, literally never wonder, I wonder what state it changed to when I pull it out of my pocket. Because you're a citizen of that region, and you have you have proof that confirms it. Do you know scripture talks about this, that you're a citizen of heaven, confirmed by Jesus, but every day we pull out our wallet, we start questioning and wondering again. Every day we pull it out, oh, where? Wait, where am I at? What am I doing? Okay, my job, isn't that my leader? No, Jesus. Yeah, my family, aren't they the leader? No, Jesus. And as we keep Jesus first and keep him second and we keep him third and we keep him fourth, I'm telling you, it starts to change our environments. And we have a whole cloud of witnesses cheering us on saying, you got the best thing. You're in Jesus. I mean, you, you can run now, like really free. There's no more bondage, like let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I mean, frozen hook over and over and over and over again. Let it go. Let it go. I think that's what heaven's speaking to us today. Let it go. What is the thing that you're grabbing onto? I'm telling you, what is it? We all got something. It's achievement. It's conditional prayers that God, I need you to show up on this time or I don't know if I can praise you. And God's no genie. He's a good father that when he's not answering our prayers, he's really trying to lead us. The message talks about and with Hebrews 12, it says, do you see what this means? That all the pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it, strip down and start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat or parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor right alongside God. 
when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. Item by item. The long lit litany of hostility he plowed through that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. You know what sermon we always need? We always need the gospel. It applies to every situation. That we were lost, we were found by the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. That in our lives, as we die to sin, as we're buried, we bury our sin, and that the old man was dead, and now we're made new and alive, and we're promised that we have hope and eternal life. That that is the great, 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 great trade deal. I mean, the great trade deal. It really is. I think that cloud of witnesses, that crowd in the stands, I think what they would say this morning is this, that you are in Jesus, look to Jesus. You must not know what you have access to. I know the system's there for you. I know the government, uh, they have infrastructures that we can use and utilize. And I know your job and pressures, but if you pause as you look to Jesus, I think what you'll find is looking at Jesus changes the way we look at everything. Everything. When you stare at him, when you gaze at him, um, one of my friends used to say, used to say that uh, even if Jesus wasn't real, it's the greatest story I could ever think about. I always thought that was a fascinating thought. Why is it that Jesus is the most hated, debated, but yet celebrated individual that's ever been on this planet? John Ortberg has a book that says, who is this man? And his claim is this, that Jesus is who he thought he is. And that's why there is that great debate all the time. And I believe that today, as we uh, close here, for us to remember and look to our founder, our perfecter of our faith, it requires us to kind of turn off our mind to all these other things. They say if you're seasick, to find a fixed point of land and stare at that because that's not moving. Even though the waters and everything else is, that's not. It'll help you get through. Do you realize Jesus at the right hand, that is the most victorious posture that he'll ever be and that we have that in Christ. And that's how in the book of Acts, when Paul and Silas, they're in jail and they're, they're being flogged and tied up in weird positions and, and chains and they're, they're singing songs. And I'm challenged by that because as I study Jesus and I think about Jesus, I think I'm not always wanting to sing songs over the most silliest things. What is wrong? I'll tell you, it's just rest, stop and look at Christ. Look at him. Look at him this morning. Look at him. Look at him. I think there's things in our childhood that God wants to get out of your life. I think you've been wondering long enough where the pain comes from. And I think he wants you to just let it go. And we're going to take communion. We're going to have a time of this, this exercise of a spiritual truth. That is Christ, um, you know, gave his body and told us to be to remember that his body was broken for us and to that his blood was shed for us and to really share in that. And three things take place. I mean, more things, but three things to highlight. We remember, we proclaim, and we also exercise faith. Faith. So if you uh, today would join us in communion, we're going to have uh, people come up to the front and you can take them for your family, and uh, we're going to have four different aisles. The communion team come up front, and if you grab your uh, little communion package thing, and we're going to talk more about it. But if you want to stay up at the altar, you can. And we're going to close in prayer.
And I believe God's going to do some things in some people's lives and hearts. Are we cool with that this morning? If you join me, come on up front and grab some cream. Elements. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelancing.com. You belong here.